welcome to Retirement Diaries. A new podcast and YouTube series where I talk to people who are living in pre or post retirement and have lessons and experiences to share. It's real, it's raw, and it's personal. I'm Beck Wilson, the author of How to Have an Epic Retirement. I'm an author, a columnist, and a retirement educator. You can sign up for my weekly newsletter at epicretirement.net. I simply want you to learn how to have an epic retirement, and not just from me, but from the millions of other people living their own retirements right now. This could be 30 or more years of your life for most people. They're not years you've lived before, and they're not years you've got experience with. Today, we're talking to Christine Jones about the lessons she's learned as a financial counsellor and part-time retiree, helping retirees who've got into some sticky situations. There's simply so much to learn from other people's misfortunes that might save you from learning the hard way. Christine is a part-time retiree who works two days a week on the National Debt Helpline as a registered financial counsellor. And in the rest of her time, she's a retiree. She helps a lot of people retirement age trying to make ends meet and navigate a variety of personal circumstances. And she's got some really important lessons to share with us today and some stories to tell us that will really open your eyes to the importance of planning, preparing and reducing the stress in your life as you approach retirement. Christine actually reached out to me personally when one of my articles recently in the Sydney Morning Herald was published uh, for people with lower super balances and said, look, I've seen so much uh, and wanted to share just some of those stories today so that we could make it real for you. So, Christine, welcome to the podcast. Uh, thanks, Beck. Thanks. There's so much to talk about in this space. It's a very fertile topic. And we want to talk to you too and find out a little bit about what motivates you to do such a wonderful service in your time. To give you a bit of background, Christine's seen a lot of people in very tough situations, but she's also got a lot of lessons that everyday people can learn an extraordinary amount from. So we're, we're going to have just a lovely chat today. Um, Christine, in a, in a chat before we got on air, sort of sat down with me and we talked about three big areas that people suffer stress in retirement. And I think it makes for a really interesting list for us to work through today and learn the mm. big lessons from her real life experiences. To have an, an epic retirement for me, just the thing that would make everybody happy, I think, is to just be relatively stress-free. And that might be in the financial space. It could be in the relationship space. It could be in the emotional space. And mm -hmm. it could be all three. So, yeah, we're going to take a bit of a deep dive into each of those three areas and have a look at some of the things I come across some of the discussions I've had and some perhaps real yeah, life absolutely. examples. And you're a retiree yourself. So so before we dive in, you're also living it right now on the cusp of part-time retirement. So so how's that working yeah. for you? Look really nice. I was working full-time and um, I don't know, it's kind of like just suddenly I thought, you know what, I still want to work, but I don't want to have the stress of a big, big full-time commitment. COVID kind of got me working at home, which was like, oh, I think I like that. I think I'd like to continue doing that. And, um, um, yeah, I'm 62, coming up for 63. Um, next week about to head off over to Canada, visit family. So I've worked full time for the large portion of my life, three kids, one living oh. over in Canada and 
a couple here in Victoria. So, yeah, we've we live in the bush and um, uh, enjoy a good mixture of work, volunteering. Oh, so and you're a social. poster child for what we need for an epic retirement. <laughs> so let let's dive in. Um, I, I think got three big lessons within financial stress. Take me in. Financial stress. People will come into our service, um, ring up on the phone, and they may now be struggling with lack of work, reduced hours, but they've still got the same living costs. And perhaps they've taken debt into retirement. And that's probably my big takeaway is do whatever you can to not take debt into retirement, particularly if you are going to rely on a modest pension, whether that's from your super fund savings or from an age pension. Um, And the second thing to that would be, I would caution against having complex financial arrangements in your retirement years as well. Advice in the in the mm. book, I actually talk about how if you can manage to pay off your home before you retire, please, please do. Mm. But if people are approaching retirement and they find it, and, and I know you've seen this because we've talked about it, and they find they have a debt, um, mm. I, I, I guess, what do they do? What are the options for people? I mean, it, it's simple stuff, but it's it's important to talk about. It might be simple in terms of a big picture view, but I understand it can be very emotionally difficult to perhaps realise that living in a large family home is now not the right option for you. You know, maybe there are some assets that can be sold. I was speaking to someone just today who is concerned that, that maybe they have to sell the family home to fund a different type of care you know isn't the family home something i should leave for my children well it, it's it's an ideal but if that is going to be to the detriment of your care and welfare then no no so i'm a i'm a big believer that you have to put yourself first and it, it's hard because we've watched generations before yeah. us be generous and build legacy and and build this beautiful thing but but getting rid of that debt, downsizing if you have to, mm. um, can, can actually lead to a better, mm. less stressful life, can't it? I mean, that, that's what I've seen. If you go to actually just Maslow's hierarchy of needs, which is basic, the basics of human life is safety, security, the ability to meet your basic needs. And I don't mean scrape by, I mean to be able to meet them comfortably. So that doesn't mean world tours and, and that's not my idea of a retirement anyway. But, you know, when I want to talk to someone about retirement and about perhaps they've got to have a bit of a shift in thinking, be prepared to make some hard decisions, work with their family to make those decisions, um, talk to their partner about it. What does retirement look like for us? What changes do we need to make so we can get that retirement that we want? Um, and I, it's a bit like making a will. Some people are scared stiff to make a will because they think it's almost a, um, a premonition that it's going to bring on something, but it's not. No. I, I think to be well prepared, have the discussions and, and work towards your epic retirement yeah. um, takes a lot yeah. of stress out of it. It doesn't happen by magic. So uh, I really 
want people to leave with some steps that, or, or really big messages. And I heard two then. I, I heard that people need to think about mm. what a good retirement looks like for them. I think that 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 is an anchoring yep. message for everyone to take away today. If you are heading into retirement and you haven't sat down with your partner or yourself and said, what does a good retirement look like? Mm. And I need to draw a picture on a page. Um, that's a really mm. important mm. step. And what it looks like financially, because there's comfortable, there's epic, and you can still do it on a frugal budget if you're sensible. I mean, getting that debt down, living off the money that's coming in, not off too much of your savings every month um, can actually put you in a much less stressed position. Um, living outside the city if you have to, right? There's ways to make ends meet a little easier. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. A total shift. You know, it might require a total yeah. shift in thinking to to put something in place that is sustainable for a longer term i'll tell you another another thing that i see is a failure to realize and i, I hope i'm not being hurtful to anyone i, d I don't want to be but a failure to realize that at some point in a couple one is going to be left That's on their own it's a really hard message isn't so it? I it's mean, also I actually it is a hard message i, I had an amazing chat yeah. with a man so, the other day whose dad is moving his mum mm -hmm from Sydney to the Gold Coast at the moment. And the, I think the dad knows his health isn't great in his early 70s, but the mum doesn't know that probably he's moving her to be closer to the kids and the grandkids surreptitiously mm. so that if something happens mm. to him, they've done the downsize, they've done the clean out. He's set her up in safety. Uh, and what, yes. what a beautiful, yes. sad yes. but heartfelt thing to do to yes. be prepared in his early 70s. Well, I think I think it's brilliant. Honestly, I do because if you have that clean out, if you give the kids what you want them to have, and then you get into a situation where when one partner does go, the other partner is not forced to make a horrible decision about selling a house or trying to pack up everything themselves. There, there is scope to have that kind of awareness of what might be coming in the future and perhaps get in front of it rather than deal with it when it's yeah, a really wow. big problem. I mean, that's very important. And that's the conversation. Mm. Then I heard, so I'm going to keep circling back. Then I heard don't take debt into mm. retirement. And I think that's please, 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 if you have to do something smart or strategic to try and get rid of that debt, whether that means you think about downsizing, mm. you know, I'm not giving personal financial advice. This is very general in nature. But it's very important for people to think about how they can yep. get that financial stress out of their life before they get in. And a, fan, a financial counsellor can't really fix decisions that have perhaps yeah. been delayed. Um, that's one of my messages is about once you realise a decision has to be made, then do your best to make it because a, de a decision delayed and ignored is just kicking the can proverbially mm. down the road. So I spoke with some people recently who had um, aged, what, 67 and 72, both still working because mm. they must, not because they want to, but they must. That's it's, a stress, isn't it, to be in a situation where you must keep working, even though you'd probably like to be doing some other things. So they had $300,000 mortgage debt still on a property that lived in oh. for 30 years so i did ask the question 
have you actually ever paid this house off? And she said, yes, yes, a couple of times. And it's like, so how did you end up with $300,000 debt again? Well, we helped some people and we helped kids and, you know, we needed money to fix things on the house and there, here we are. It's like, oh, gosh. You do at some point as you head mm. towards retirement have to put yourself first uh, just so that you can yes. live that lower stress life because once you don't have debt, the pension stretches a long way and any supplementary mm. income you can pull even from a small super balance can go a, a lot further. If you're hammering mm. money back into debt, you're almost always behind the wheel. I think there's probably something else too. I've, I've focused on perhaps a mortgage and, and mortgage debt, but about rent affordability too, particularly if you're going to be relying on age pension first and perhaps a little bit of savings or perhaps a small super balance, then if the rent is too high, you you really must start looking at what other alternatives um, do you have? And does that require relocating? Does it require co-locating? I, I tell the story that I'm 47 um, and I have actually never lived mm. alone, right? It, it's pretty amazing to think that many mm. of us live, live in our families for our teenagers, teenage years and our 20s, and then we move in with our partners in our first homes or maybe some friends mm. if, we're, if we're on that journey with some friends and roommates and then we get married and we live as a partnership and then we have some children and we live in a big house full of noise and then the children move out and we're back mm. to a partnership and it's only at the very end of life that we live alone and it's the time when we're most vulnerable mm. with our expenses and it's also the time when isolation and loneliness bite people. If we just learned to live like the Golden Girls, wouldn't we have a better life? <laughs> Can we bring the Golden Girls into <laughs> They would be pretty cool. <laughs> you have another lesson in here at, in finance that I think is really important for us not to skip over. I think we've turned three lessons into five, which I'm really thrilled at. And, it, and it's a little one about super. So, so yeah, bring it home. Superannuation is uh, the golden child. It is the golden goose. That's in my book. We call it the golden goose. There it is. <laughs> Saved so many people, people who may have suddenly, let's say a, a, a 40, I remember speaking to someone in a small country town and he had terminal cancer. Now he was only in his 40s and he was very worried about, he had a private conversation and he was very worried about what he was going to leave behind in terms of debt for the family and like the wife and small children. And when we talked about his superannuation, it turned out that the insurance within super was going to pay off the mortgage and give a sense of security and for his family and relief for him. So, and yet a lot of people don't realize that superannuation has these insurance policies within them. So my, my goal would be for everybody to understand their super, actually know where is your super fund, what is your member number, do they have an app, yeah. download it, log in, check your super balances. If you have more than one, consider, consider at least um, consolidating to two super funds or one. Um, just get to know and love your super. It is really going to be your friend. There's a little calculation you can do to calculate as a percentage of your balance what the fee is you've been paying in the last six and 12 months, right? So 
If you know that you're paying a 0.5% fee of your balance, I want you each time you get your statement to calculate the percentage of your balance of the fee that you're paying, if that makes sense. And I want you to know how that number compares Mm. on a national basis because the government is now releasing benchmarks and you need to compare like for like. So if Mm. you're in a balanced fund or a... um, a growth fund, you need to compare the growth fund with another, with the benchmarks on growth or the balance fund with the benchmarks on balance because they don't all perform the same way. But but the reality is you don't want to be paying too many fees and you don't want the performance of your fund to be mm. way lower than the national average. Right? Things go up and down in value and we shouldn't be moving our super yep. around all the time. Um, mm. But knowing if you're in an underperforming mm. fund is important. And I would advocate that people consider salary sacrificing and getting into the habit. Remember that there used to be this thing about pay yourself first. And that was a strategy for, let's say just a standard wage earner. How do you save money? Well, often it was about, remember um, you would get a pay rise and you'd say, well, okay, I was living on that much money before the pay rise. So what I'm gonna do is save the pay rise. So you, you might just decide to start putting some money into your super fund and it could be um, as little as $50 a fortnight. But you start getting into the habit. It's about forming a habit. And so salary sacrificing becomes a habit. It's a tax-effective way of saving money. Um, and that also keeps you in touch with your super balance. It almost becomes a challenge. How much can I get in there? And, you know, start building it. And like I say, get to know your super and love it because it is it is just going to be so welcome when you need it after your after you reach your preservation age hopefully you don't have to use the super balance to pay off a mortgage i, I hope the same too i hope hopefully. we can we That's... can give people enough tips for the ways they can find balance in their life mm. you know whether that be through downsizing because if you downsize mm. you have that other wonderful little little tool that that i'm not sure how many people know about that the government has the downsizer contribution. If you downsize your house and you're a single person, let's say, you can put $300,000 from the sale of your house straight into your super fund tax-free, right? So that that's a one-off opportunity from the age of 55 that all of a sudden allows you to, to A, either get yourself out of debt um, and maybe there's a bit left over and you, you tip that over into super or simply realise a bit of capital that will allow you to have more to live off as you get older. Mm. And I think they're both incredible strategies. When you're a member of a super fund, remembering that you are a member, so you pay fees, you are entitled to get some advice from within your super fund. And if you want a, a whole package of advice, you can. It, it is a fee for service, but it's there and it's within your own super fund. The government's going to look to change... The legislation that became very tight in 2018 to allow super funds to provide more services so that that's only going to improve which yeah. you know it's pretty tough for people with lower super yeah. balances to get access to financial planning at the moment mm. but i really do encourage people to yeah. ask their super funds i think it's a wonderful thing and if somebody is also thinking about part-time work and thinking but if i stop if i drop my hours down i'm going to have less to live on well you can talk to your super fund about that transition to retirement income stream and that's that's a way of 
I always have this view in my mind that it's like a bucket of water. And as your super contribution goes in at the top, you take yeah. some out at the bottom. And that can help plug that loss of yeah. hours so that you can start to take a bit yeah. of stress off yourself, but still maintain a pretty um, equivalent These are really helpful income. tips. I think that is really, really helpful for people to know mm. what to ask for. Um, so we've, we've covered a very big and look, I have to say, as a financial counsellor, a financial counsellor doesn't actually give wealth advice. This is just general information about super funds and what some of the things people have not experienced, don't have conversations with other people about and just not aware of. But they can certainly talk to their super fund about... Or a financial planner. Um, like you said before about how it's invested. Yes, they can talk to a financial planner. And the other thing people can do, retirees, as they're approaching retirement, is book an appointment with a financial information services officer at Centrelink. That's a good one to know. Fizzo won't give wealth advice, but what they will talk about is, is how you may structure things and how it may impact your eligibility within the, the um, Centrelink space. So it's worth having a conversation with a Fizzo, a financial information services officer, to talk about... Um, eligibility once you put your plan in place uh, i think that one's a winner um mm. really the the 62 mm. percent of australians get some form of pension over the age of 67 right now and that's that's an enormous yep. number of people and lots of them will be listening to this podcast i hope uh so <laughs> it's a good tip now so. we're going to move on from finance <laughs> um you you see a lot mm. of the results of other types of stress let's talk about relationship stress and what what issue do you see yeah. is the most common uh, problem as a financial counsellor and how can people prepare or try to manage the risk of relationship stress as they get into retirement? You know, some relationships, they, people don't actually talk to each other. They might talk about, does my car need fuel in it? But they don't talk about what's our financial situation, what's our common goal, what do we both want out of retirement? What are our non-negotiables for retirement? I'll give you one. My non-negotiable was that I want yeah. my own car. I don't want to, you know, there might be a thought about, oh, we just have to go back to one car. Well, that was a non-negotiable for me. So how do we make sure that that, that works for, for us? Does it mean a yeah. second-hand car, but... I still want my own transport, it's so my important. independence. <laughs> so it's about the it's about the conversation and about not being afraid to approach the conversation. And I would hope most people are capable of having a, a mature conversation about what does their retirement look like and what and if there are hard decisions to make, how can I go about that, you know, politely, respectfully. Yes. As a team, I, yeah. I think as a you team, know, firmly, though, right? You know, yes, as a team, don't just think that one person's going to lead and you're going to follow. That's perhaps where there might be some problems that arise later is where one person has just let someone else steer the ship and then when things go bad, is there blame? Anger. Is there anger? It, it is sad. It's sad to see. So then, then you get into the, the murky world of actual retirement. And the, one of the, I mean, it, it's almost fun to laugh about, but it's not, right? So 
I've heard these fabulous stories of people who've retired and, and perhaps the wife retired earlier just because she could or she was in a career that, that had a natural ending and she'd been comfortably going about her hobbies at home and then the husband retired and joined the family <laughs> home as well in her space, what had become her space. Yeah. And um, I, mm-hmm. I have a wonderful story in the book about yeah. Jeff and Di, who we will meet on the podcast one day. And, and Jeff joined, he, he came home from his big city job where he was a very senior manager and he started to nosy around the kitchen and try and take over the cooking when Di was cooking and try and, and muscle in on the organising that she was really, really good at. And it, it offended her. I know, and I have I have the same story about my own mum. I remember her saying to me one day, she said, oh, your dad, he said to me the other day, are you going down the street again? And she's like, I never had him asking these things when he wasn't home. <laughs> now I feel like I'm accountable. Yeah. And, and so a, a really smart person said to me once, my wife turned around to me one day and said, she shut down the conversation. I asked her where she was going and she said, out. And, and he said, that's when I realised that I had to get my retirement crap together and find a life. Yes, well, that is that is part of the discussion, isn't it, about, okay, what are we going to do? Um, yeah. What are the boundaries? How do our, our lives, you know, our paths cross? But um, what can we do? And, and you may not think it'll happen. You don't <laughs> think it'll happen, but it does. Particularly, it, particularly, here's the other thing too. If you do downsize and you go into a smaller space, then and perhaps there isn't the big garage or there isn't the big garden and so you know there physically is more mm. interaction then yeah there's got to be some give absolutely and take around that. the other big issue that you flagged was emotional uh stress and i think it's the last mm. one on our list to talk yeah. about today take me through what you mm. see in your role there can be instances where people are perhaps a little bored or they're just not feeling fulfilled or they're feeling empty, alone. So there could be some um, emotional spending going on uh, that could even be gambling, you know. So I guess it's the flags, being aware of those flags that might come up because that obviously has an impact on, on retirement. If we divide our life into three thirds, I like to do this, you know, if, if you think it, at You live your first 30 years under your parents' tutelage. You live your middle 30 years having children. And then you live your third, third (laughs) uh, in retirement, effectively, for most people from 60 to 90. And in that third phase, we don't talk about purpose very much because our purpose in that middle phase is our job. Our purpose in our first phase is education. But we have to point purpose into this third phase of life really hard and really pointy. yeah, that can be difficult though when someone is, um, they perhaps have mm. arthritis, they have pain and they're that's managing amazing. pain. Um, that's those sorts of things. It's easy to say, let's get up and go and do some volunteer work. Let's mm. go out bushwalking. Mm. Let's go and do all of these fun activities. But it mm. can be very Absolutely. difficult for some. But I want to hear the story of your community mm. that you found in your retirement or pre-retirement years. Uh, your motorcycle tell me the story (laughs) come on (laughs) yes so retirement for us looks really good because we've brought into retirement our love of motorbike riding we've both been bike riders for 20 odd years oh no sorry i'm 20 years 
he's been writing, I think, continuously for nearly 50 years. So we have, you know, a great group of motorbike riders that we ride regularly with. Uh, we do some really big trips. We've done most states of Australia. We do long distance riding. We have uh, um, Bar Riders Association, just an internet based group, but we challenge each other with long distance riding. So motorbike riding, in fact, I, I put the camera so you could see all the motorbike gear hanging up behind me. <laughs> I wanted to see it. <laughs> but bikes is a huge part of And I think that's the thing life. to talk about. It's yeah. something to just stop on. People think, oh, I've got to do these traditional hobbies mm. and these traditional things as I get older. You, I actually think the, the boomer generation is the one that's going to break that apart, you know, in every possible way and and say, that oh, yeah. I'm going to do the fun stuff. Oh, I want to do the stuff that I get a kick out of. Mm. For you, look into the things that you did when you were young if you haven't gone back and they, they don't have to be over. Mm. I think getting that joy in retirement is something I want everybody to find. No. Look, um, yesterday having lunch with some girls, they were talking about doing yoga. They were talking about their swimming yeah. three times a week. Someone else is yeah, doing nice. markets. That's something that quite a lot of retired people do is, is markets. There's, there is plenty to do, but I, I, I understand it can be a, a big step from perhaps working or caring for a large mm. family or something. But that's what the third phase is about, isn't it? Finding you, finding you, next you. Hey, yeah. But I've got a fun set of five questions I want to run you through. We call them our flashed five. Okay. Uh, and <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm looking forward to hearing your your quick draw answers straight off the top of your head, right? Okay. So what's the number one lesson you've right. learned the hard way? Nothing stays yeah, the same yeah. forever. I like that. Uh, what do you do that you really love doing and fit in no matter what? Yeah. Travel. And now travel doesn't have to be exotic overseas, but it is can it can be local. It can be just popping out to a nice spot on the river, taking the thermos and spending some time in the peaceful bush. Or it could be travel to the city to go to the MCG oh. and watch the footy. What are the what are three things on your retirement bucket list? Uh, um, we want to do a half lap of Australia. We've done pretty much the eastern half. But we want to do the western half and we'll probably do that um probably not with a caravan we'll probably do some camping along the way but oh, that won't be on the motorbike that'll be on, that on the four-wheel drive no so more caravanning and camping and i want to read some more books biggest tip for yeah. people approaching retirement yeah. what should they do no matter what keep assessing your situation radio don't avoid it and do nice. what must be done and what does having an epic retirement mean to you mm. no stress i like no stress i like having options and staying healthy relatively healthy you know you've got time to focus a bit on yourself so that's what epic retirement means for me and by the way, money doesn't buy happiness, but it does give you options. Christine Jones, you've been yes. a wonderful guest on Retirement mm -hmm. Diaries today. Thank you so much oh, for joining you. us. <laughs> uh, and to everybody thanks, who Beth. has joined us here today, we look forward to seeing you again next week. You're listening to Retirement Diaries. Sign up for our newsletter at epicretirement.net and be sure to follow us wherever you get your pods. Thank you.